ladies and gentlemen. This is Johnny Good Times. I'm Reef. Oh, this is Greg. And uh, we are excited to uh, have... We, 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 we tend to gravitate toward people whose resumes uh, don't look like anyone else's on Earth. Right. And I think we've uh, got one of the <laughs> gentlemen with us here tonight. We have got a man who is a detective, a rapper, and a stand-up comedian. Please. He also he also sings. And he hosts he hosts a podcast too. I think. Yeah. A jack of all trades, Lawrence Arnell. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Well, what's, what's up, Bill? What's up, Thanks fellas? For, Yo, you, guys, man. you forgot the air quotes around sings. Nah, yeah. man. Go ahead. Hey, man. We can we can we can put that on demonstration. What's going on? Not much. So uh, excited to have you here uh, with us tonight. And I mean, I don't even know where to begin when you've got such a diverse resume. Um, right. What, what came first, rapping or detective work? Oh, um, I've been, I've been, I've been rapping since I was about nine years old. Uh, they don't let you be a detective that early. So <laughs> that by, by default. By default, the uh, the rap stuff came first. That's been that's my first love. Mm -hmm. And you had a uh, you were in a group called the Deadly Snakes that had to deal with Tommy Boy in what ninety six ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, oh, we nice. were one of the first one of the first groups from this area to have a major record deal. Like we lost our deal before everybody else started getting <laughs> started getting everybody the major else started to hate Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, there's there's plenty to hate, but. They gave they gave us an opportunity. We, you know, we did we did the best we could with it. Uh, how, how did that come about? How did you how did you guys uh, start a group and then that quickly get um, get signed by Tommy Boy? It was uh, we were all pretty much uh, doing our thing like independently at the time. The, the Deadly Snakes was actually made up of a couple of different groups. Um, I was I was rhyming with a cat named Bump J. Uh, who also ended up being a member of Major Figures. Major Figures. Mm -hmm. uh, we were children of the corn. Uh, his older brother Mark and his homie Yanti, they were the hunters. They had a, they had a, a tremendous following on, on the underground back in the day. And what happened is uh, we met a guy named Set Free, who is a, who was originally from the Bronx, and was kind of like he came up under Prince Paul. And Prince Paul was working with Tommy Boy at the time with the Grave Diggers, and Paul walked us into Tommy Boy. Uh, we like we all kind of messed together, and it was we were we were sort of modeled after Wu Tang Clan at the time. Big group it was about six MCs in the group, and just trying to do something different than what else was at what, what was going on at the time. And Paul liked our stuff, and walked us into Tommy. Did y'all have yeah. wild names like the Woo? Like, what was your? Were you like? We all had snake names. I was the Diamondback, <laughs> um, which I think is still one of the dopest rap names I've ever had. I, yeah. I probably should have just kept calling myself Diamondback. Yeah. I was Diamondback. Uh, my man Yant was King Cobra, so everybody had a snake name. Nice, nice. Were you guys getting any love from Roughhouse at the time? Because they were like competitors with Tommy Boy back in the day. Uh, we, we didn't, like I said, we were one of the first groups to get a deal and we didn't, we didn't really go through like local channels. I mean, we literally, like we went up New York and went to a New York label 
with New York peeps. You know what okay. I mean? So and Roughhouse, Roughhouse started signing, started signing groups, but we we had already been like we had already been signed. You know what I mean? Right. So I think I think the figures did some work with Roughhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did like Rough yeah. Nation. Yeah, yeah. Right, Rough Nation. Right, and even that was after that was after we had been like been made moves and signed and released and dropped and all, <laughs> and all that and all of that. Yeah. So after the after the initial deal fell through, where, where did that leave you? What were you thinking? Like, I'm done with this music shit. I'm, I'm gonna figure my my life out. Or yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yep. Now, I've never. Is that I've how never, you end up at the police academy? Nah, that that's so that's so much further. I've only been a cop for about ten years. This was this okay. was over twenty years ago. All of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I basically what happened is uh, I did spend a little bit more time kind of focused on music after that. But for the very most part, at that time, uh, I was the like I said, we were a pretty big group. It was like seven seven members, six MCs, and DJ, and I was the youngest one at the time. I was I was nineteen. And I I had no real influence or impact on like the decision making processes and all of that stuff that was going on with that. So it was kind of like I got signed, we got put on, we did some stuff, and then we got dropped. And I never really felt like I had any say. And it kind of it kind of soured the whole the whole experience for me. And I never like to this day I've never like put any serious focus on being a professional recording artist again. It's, it's like, I felt like I, I'll just do what I do. I'll enjoy it. Um, in the meantime, you know I mean? I've, I've, I've been involved in records that have billboard charted. You know what I mean? Uh, just as a result of just kind of like falling back and making music with my peoples when I get the opportunity. To, but I never, I never put any serious focus on being a professional recording artist again. And, and so, so you just you, you got burnt out early on kind of the bullshit behind the scenes. Matt, early, yo. It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like uh, uh, I may, have, I may have shortchanged myself, but it was a very conscious decision. It was a very conscious decision to just kind of like, I'm not gonna put myself in that. I'm not. I'm never gonna leave my security in the hands of a record label or a listening public. It, it just it never appealed to me again after that. So, so when did the decision come to go into detective work? How did, where did that come from? That was uh, that came as a result of uh, really just spending time around cops. Um, I got into well shortly after that that whole thing. I'm saying about two thousand and three or four. I started getting into motorcycles real heavy. Um, and I, I mean, everything like down to learning how to race motorcycles, like the whole deal. I was a biker boy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what you find uh, when you when you spend time in that motorcycle community is a lot of cops ride bikes. Mm-hmm. So I found myself spending time around cops uh, in their own personal time and getting to know them and finding out what the job was really all about, just by socializing with them, and it, it really it, it 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 piqued my attention because it was I've always been I mean as you can tell by my resume that y'all read all I have a lot of varied interests and I get bored with shit real quick. So 
it always it was the police police work appealed to me mostly because I could do any one of like a hundred jobs without ever having to start a whole new career. I mean, just in the ten years that I've been a cop, I've worked in three of the wildest districts in the city. Um, I was a member of the highway patrol. I was a boot cop. You know what I mean? Uh, I have escorted the president and prime ministers from other countries. And, and now I'm a detective and that's just all like in the last like 10 years. And I still got, you know, I could, I could be doing this for another 2025. So that, that's where that came from. It basically came from something I think more people should, should do is spend the time around around police officers and finding out who they are and what it's really about. Yeah, I mean I think that, you know, it's 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 fascinating that you're involved with hip hop which is, you know, I mean at least sort of the stereotype is very anti-cop. Mm-hmm. And then you're also involved in detective work. I mean, how do you how do you handle that sort of juxtaposition because if you're in hip hop, I'm guessing you're also interacting with people who are not fans of cops. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's an that's an understatement. <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I I don't handle it like it's a juxtaposition. Um, if you if you spend any time, I mean, in the past few years, I have I have released some music. Um, like I said, I I have not really put a lot of focus on like trying to like blow up musically or anything but i feel like i have put out the best music of my life like in the in the in the most recent years but if you listen to if you listen like to my my solo album beast of brethren um if if you pay close enough attention to the lyrics you'll find that i'm often rhyming about being a cop Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but it's it's just a question of doing it in a way that that is appealing to, you know, a traditional hip hop listeners ears. So I don't handle it like it's just a position. It's just that this is the lifestyle that I, that I rhyme about. Um, I actually find myself deeper in the trenches and more and more involved in the shit that's going on that most of these rappers rhyme about. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm in the street. I don't see y'all. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, right, right, I don't right, see right, y'all. It's like right. it's, it's, it's funny. I, uh, I remember one time when I was working down North Philly. Me and my homies, me and my 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 squad, we were we were working the street, and we ended up the two two cops I was working with tried to lock this kid up, and he actually like he bailed on. You know, what I mean, he he beat feet, and they went into a whole foot pursuit and the whole thing, and, and it, they you know he got away. You know, what I mean, God bless him, he got away. But like later on that day, we found out that he's a rapper. So now we we found his YouTube channel and we watching his videos and it was all this gangster shit, all this gangster shit. He was talking like ridiculous, I'll kill a cop, I'll do this, I'll do that. Da, 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 da. But we were still on the block. He wasn't outside anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But So that's what I mean. It's not really a juxtaposition to me. It's just that that's my position in the community. And I, I have to find an interesting and entertaining ways to discuss who I am the same way, you know, the drug dealer rapper got to talk about himself and the businessman rapper got to talk about himself. You got to find a way to make yourself interesting enough for people to listen to. We've, uh, you, and, you and I over the years have definitely had these discussions and debates about, you know, police brutality and the things that, that we see it from the outside. Give us your perspective from someone that's on the other side of the fence that's actually in it. 
Uh, my perspective is that uh, a dirty cop is actually just a criminal with a good cover. Um, no, no cop who has any respect for himself, for the badge, uh, for the for the job that we do, is is involved in anything that you would you would want to consider dirty. And we those cops don't they don't do that stuff around us. You understand what I'm saying? We, we, it's a it's a very very uh, it's a it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing to address because a lot of stuff that people see on TV uh, that you may be instantaneously inclined to assume is brutality is just an ugly ass job that has to get done. Um, it never ever looks good when a cop got to put his hands on somebody. I don't care what happened. There was a video circulating a few uh, last week and the weeks and the weeks before that this cop on the ground. I don't even know what town he was in, but the cop was like on the ground and he looked like he was like pounding on the dude. Cars are riding by. Somebody was filming it, and this cop is literally on top of this dude in the street doing this thing. And for weeks, that was the only video we saw. And then, like a couple of days ago. There's a video of that cop and that dude literally standing up, squared up like this, and the bull coming at the cop. Come on, come on, coming at the cop. When that video came out, all the other videos stopped airing. I haven't seen any of them since. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times what looks like brutality is simply somebody having to do a job that nobody wants to do. You understand me? Right. but when it, in cases of actual brutality, I for one can say that one of the reasons that I, that I became a cop is because I've always felt like I had my head on my shoulders. I've had a lifetime of making good decisions um, and, and being, the, being the person that, that everybody needed around in a situation. And I felt like if I could do that professionally, I could actually have some sort of impact on my community. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that no cop has ever committed an act of brutality in my presence. Mm-hmm. And, you and as long as I'm a, as long as I'm around, then I can I can actually impact that mm-hmm. and prevent it from happening. And most cops that I know feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, dirty cops don't do dirt in front of clean cops. It just don't happen. Yeah. And you, you spoke on that before about having a, wanting to impact your community and having a good head on your shoulders and being someone that can, can make a difference. Why do you think more people uh, like yourself don't get involved um, with becoming, a, you know, if not a police officer, someone, with, you know, we spoke city council, things that mm-hmm. can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, public perception is, is stronger than any 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 drug you could ever think of. Uh, we come up in communities and uh, police officers are not respected. They are, they are assumed. There are people out there who actually assume that the majority of law enforcement officers are dirty. The numbers are just so far against you. Like the math, just the math, the numbers just don't add up. I, I have a, I carry a Glock 21, the 45 caliber uh, handgun. It holds 14 rounds. I walk around every day with 40 rounds of ammunition. If I ever wanted to commit 
a murder spree. I got my chance. <laughs> the numbers are against you. And for cops to be out here uh, with that sort of power, uh, for, for everyone to assume that 90%, 9 out of 10 cops is there, that's crazy. It's just madness. You know what I'm saying? But that's what, that's what we get from the media. It's what we get from our social media. And in the communities where we grow up, when you are taught so far in the opposite direction, you just, those guys are the enemy. You're a sellout if you become one. Uh, they're all dirty. Even if you go in clean, they'll turn you into a dirty one. And we believe, we believe our people before we believe anybody else. Um, I, I've, again, I, I had no interest in becoming a cop until I started hanging around some and finding out that, you know, some of the, some people that I trust with my life are, are, are in law enforcement. And there's really no reason, there's no reason to believe that I couldn't go into that field and, and do a good job and be a good person as well. Um, I believe that, I believe that we need to, as law enforcement officials, it's our responsibility to to share our humanity. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so open, why I have no problem speaking in formats like this, why my Facebook is, is open and my Instagram is open because I need people to see that I'm human. Like I'll go and do, I'm a cop, but yeah, I, I got no problem making fun of myself or anybody else. I do stand-up comedy, you know, I rap, here's, here's my life story. I'll never, and I'll never lie to you, you know? I believe that it, it's, it's on us to show people that if we want people to, to come and join us. Do you think that um, you being an African-American cop that maybe you don't see or maybe certain Caucasian cops may act differently when you're around than they might not when they're around all white cops? Um, I mean, listen, this is America, bro. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't put that past anybody. Right, right. Um, what I will say is this. Uh, two things. One, I don't care who you is when I ain't around, uh, especially when it comes to uh, taking care of the public. You know what I mean? Um, if you got you got issues with people in these in these inner city communities and these minority communities and whatnot, you got issues with them. However, you handle that, you you have to square that with your God at the end of the day. Uh, but when you with me. You're going to do what we're supposed to be out here doing. I've literally had to tell a cop one time. I worked with this one cop out in Southwest Philly, and I had to tell him after riding around with him for like a day, uh, we were going to be riding together all that week. I literally had to tell my man, like, yo, don't talk to nobody else. Like, don't, like, just don't address the public while we're working together. I'll talk to people because he was <laughs> reckless with his mouth. And right. it was going to, I was going to get myself in trouble if I kept letting him do that. Right. And he shut up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He shut up. He did the right thing. He shut the fuck up. And that was that. So I don't have a, I have no problem putting a cop in, in check because I ain't got no problem going back to driving a truck. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm, I'm cool with all of that. The other thing I'll say is that I have, I have been working in the toughest neighborhoods in one of the toughest cities in the world for 10 years now. I've worked side by side with cops from every race and culture you can think of. And I've literally seen more white cops in minority neighborhoods run toward the sound of gunshots and toward the sound of screams 
than you can even possibly imagine. I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 times a night. New Year's Eve, pop, 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 pop. White cops down north looking for the shooter. Not like, fuck these cats. I don't care what happened to these people around here or running in the other direction. Literally running into the shit as if it don't, I mean, because it don't matter what color the people are. This is what I mean when I say that people have the impression that the majority of cops are dirty or the majority of cops are crooked and don't care about the community. It's just it, the, the math simply doesn't add up because I watch these guys put their lives on the line every night. White cops in black neighborhoods grabbing shooting victims, getting bloody, putting them in the cars and racing them to hospitals. This is real life. This is real life, not not your average cell phone video that only shows the aspect that the person who shot the video wants you to see. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, what's 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 the what's you know, when, when you talk about being in, in, in tough neighborhoods and, and us seeing only kind of what the short, you know, grainy cell phone videos are, what, mm -hmm. what is, uh, what's something that people just completely misunderstand beyond what you're talking about now? Like when people look at, you know, people have their own, you know, kind of belief about what cops are and especially mm -hmm. over the last 10 years, what, what are any other misconceptions that people have? I think the biggest one is that uh, that all cops are on a power trip. Um, you know, in in the grand scheme, we all humans, and you know, it's it's nothing just it's nothing for somebody to power trip in a moment. Uh, and I'm sure there's a certain segment of the, of the of the population that is just trying to make up for getting bullied, for you know, getting bullied in high school and so forth. You know. But what I'll say is, is this, uh, it's a, it's a very, at the end of the day, it's a very easy, it's an easy job to lose. Uh, Philadelphia Police Department, we have Lodge 5, the FOP, one of the strongest uh, unions in the world. And they do a very good job of protecting us. But at the end of the day, uh, internal, internal affairs is a real thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, very real thing. And it's not in any cop's interest to be out here in the street trying to be more than they really are, uh, power tripping on people because they take that very seriously, especially in this, in this new age of kind of gentler policing, uh, community-oriented policing, social justice reform, and so forth. Uh, most cops... Cops are not out in the street power tripping. Uh, it, for the very, for the very least of all, for the very least reason is that it's a very easy job to get in trouble doing. Um, but the main reason why I feel like that's not true is because it's just a really good job, and most people uh, come into this because of the opportunities for advancement and the incredible benefits and the chance to go to school and the, and the chance to help people in your community. Like the vast majority of cops that are on the job are in it for all the right reasons. But, you know, you got a ticket that one day from that one cop who wasn't trying to hear that you just had to take a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and now all cops is power tripping. I think that's the biggest misconception. Has anyone ever said that to you when they, you pulled them over? Man, I, listen, people have said everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, that's yeah. stuff. <laughs> People have said everything. Uh, I've heard everything. Why don't you stop a real criminal? Well, they're not wearing signs. So <laughs> I've eliminated you from the from the pool. I'll move on to the next one. Yeah, people, there's there's no limit to what people will say to you. Say, so I have a question. You say it's a hard job to lose. So I see it on TV and movies constantly. There's always the one detective who's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. who's rogue, who's always in eternal affairs. He's always on the outside. Is that a real no, thing? Mel, every Mel, 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 Gibson, Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. What's his name in the wire? McNulty. Yeah. McNulty. Yeah. McNulty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you seen um, it? Are they everywhere? Nah, man, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not a thing. Sorry, it, now, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it wasn't a thing in the 80s. Right. right? <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't a thing in the 90s, right? right. Which and it probably was. All right. Uh, back before uh, everything was computerized, before you know, law, the law enforcement community also believed that it had a social responsibility. So in the seventies and eighties, man, they would bust their guns, and if they missed, you got away. And, uh, we gotta go back to headquarters get some new ammunition. <laughs> you know what I mean? I gotta write a book if I shoot at somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not yeah. thing, things are so different now. So I'm not saying that those that those those guys aren't inspired by something that may have ex- have existed in the past. But today, nah, it's not it's not gonna fly. It's you haven't had fly. to go. You haven't had to go to the bar and drag a partner out. He's dra- grabbing a couple of whiskeys. Be like, come on, man, we gotta get out of here. Nah, man, that's not. <laughs> you know how famous we would be, bro. We would be so famous because as soon as we walk in the bar with the with the uniforms on, everybody's cameras coming out. Who's slamming shots? And that's it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's what I mean. Is it's just like it, it, people only show you. You're only ever. It, the job is actually really boring. Ninety <laughs> percent. It's really boring. I, mean, I remember. Is, I remember the, the one of the writers or co-creators of The Wire was saying like he was a cop for thirty years and he drew his gun maybe three, four times. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know what I mean? I, I've I've never fired my gun on duty. I've never had to shoot anybody. I've been shot at, but I've never had to. I've never had to shoot anybody. Um, I've had plenty of opportunity. You know what I mean? But you know, I mean, smart cop know how to keep himself out of a certain situation. There's there's always that that calamity that could happen, you know, and that, that unknown variable. Some things are genuinely just a surprise, but I've always taken a lot of pride in, in being very aware of my surroundings and knowing what I'm going into before I go into it. And it's, that's played, that's, that's served me well in my career. Now I go to work tomorrow night, who the fuck knows what happens. You know what I'm saying? So, so far, you know, knock on wood, everything's been going my way. Well, how can Um, you, how do you keep your cool? If somebody's fired at you, I mean, that's like, that's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> you can't keep your cool if you're getting fired at. I mean, right. nah, well, what, what's it, your mindset? What's your mindset? You've been fired at. What are you thinking? Um, the first thought is uh, find some cover. First of all, um, the, the situ- situation where I got fired at, I, I had cover. Um, and the the rest of the cops who were who were with me, we all had cover. So as long as I got cover, I got time to make a decision. Uh, 
But the the way you keep honestly, I I didn't find out till later that people were really paying me any attention. But I I kept cool by cracking jokes. I was literally telling jokes under fire, like you know. <laughs> that it was like an so, 80s cop movie. It was like a buddy movie. Yeah, it was it was very much like uh, according to the guys who were on the ground with me. It was very much like an 80s an 80s cop movie. I was literally out there like cracking jokes and shit, trying to fucking keep everybody cool. Right. Um, it, it's, it's just it really is just a question of preparation. Um, I mean, I'm from I'm from North Philly, so I'm no stranger to, you know, shit popping off and breaking out at the last minute. And it, I mean, again, those all of those instincts have served me well. But in a situation where you're getting shot at and trying to keep you cool, it's not a question of keeping you cool. Uh, it's a question of of uh, being of of figuring out how to be safe above all else you know what i mean because there's, there's nothing cool about getting shot at but you you have to find a way to make sure that you're safe and everybody else around you is safe um it is it's really every 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 night is different man every night is different it, and i love it to be totally honest it's the only thing i've ever done that i love more than music uh is law enforcement i love every bit of it i would go, I would go through those nights every night if i had to if it, if it was called for. So what? So what's it like right now in the middle of a, a pandemic? Um, you know, still having to go out there and 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 be in the in the mix, so to speak, where everybody else is kind of you know we're all hiding out. Uh, it's it's the same. I wish more people were hiding out. You know <laughs> what I mean? I wish more people were in the house chilling, not getting <laughs> robbed, not robbing each other. Um, it's it's sad, man, because uh, the crime stats are actually on the rise. Violent crime is up. Uh, commercial burglaries and stuff are up. Robberies, shootings, the homicide rate, everything is up. And it's, people are burglarizing homes when everyone's home right now. Not so much, not so much uh, residential burglaries, but like commercial burglaries because all the stores are closed. Right, mm-hmm. everything's closed. Um, so technically, if if you, uh, I mean, if you if you commit a you commit a burglary while people are home at this point, we might we might call it a home invasion. You know, so, but commercial burglaries and stuff are up. Everything is just so crazy to me. My biggest, my biggest issue that I face throughout all of this is frustration. Um, Because I'm not overwhelmed. I mean, the job is the job. I get, I get paid for however long it takes to, to figure stuff out. My, my biggest thing now is frustration because it's like I get a, you know, they come to me with a report of a robbery. I got a victim in the hospital and crime scene that stretches three blocks and all this other stuff. And it's just like, why are y'all even outside? <laughs> like, that's the first thing. It's like, why are y'all even outside and why are y'all doing this to each other? I'm this, I'm disheartened at crime now. Uh, uh, more, more than anything else, I'm disheartened by it. Is 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 frustrating and it's 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 tiring. How, how do you how do you how do you stay out of how do you prevent from becoming depressed? I mean, I'm sure you see things that the rest mm-hmm. of us, you know, kind of don't ever have to deal mm-hmm. with. You deal with them. You know, I've known some people that were cops, and and I know that's I used to job. How do you keep yourself from? I used to struggle. I used to struggle with treating jobs as though they had happened to me. Um, even when I was in patrol, like if I had a nasty car accident, overturned vehicle, people got to go to the hospital, and it was just like, oh my God, like, why do I have to do this? 
as if my car had flipped over. You know, what I mean? so the first thing I have to do is to pull myself out of it uh, from that from that standpoint and realize that my whole my job today as a detective is mostly just getting information and transferring it into proper systems. Um, so for the most part, all I have to do is talk to people, write the shit down, and send. That's what I do. Um, when it comes to, you know, if I got a crime, I actually really got to go out and investigate, and that is what it is. But the very most part of what I do now is just transferring information. Um, as far as the things that I see, I, I don't know. I've never really been heavily impacted by, uh, you know, like seeing the things that I see. I see a lot of death. I see a lot of people physically hurt and losing things. But that was never really, that was never really my issue. I never really had a problem with that. As far as combat and depression, um, I don't care what, what career you're in. I don't care what you do. You have to find something that you love to do outside of it that you can do almost blindly. Um, see, I got no problem finding shit to do. <laughs> you know, Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I got no problem finding shit to do. So yeah, I got to shoot a video, make a beat, sing a song. Yeah. My kids are upstairs right now baking a cake. You know, I was I was in the kitchen with them. We was we was just fucking we was all standing around the mixer. Is that creamy enough? Yeah, yo, I think that's cool. Yeah, that's good. We always got something. I always have something to do. And it, it's actually really been a saving grace, especially in this time. I mean, like I have a studio, I have gear, I always have something that I could pour my mind into that I don't have to think of that I I'm not thinking about everything I gotta go do when I go back to work. Um, and I recommend that for anybody in any career. Find something, needle point, you know what I mean? Anything that you can pour yourself into. Yeah, let's talk, yeah. you know, you've moved on to comedy from, uh, mm -hmm. you know, hip hop and detective work. How did that, uh, what was that, was that the way to blow off steam? Um, no, nah, comedy was, uh, comedy came to me kind of as a, uh, just a just a new frontier, really. Um, when I when I made Detective, I had spent so much time working when I was in patrol. I was literally working six days a week for seven years. I was just working all the time. And what I found when I made Detective is that I don't work my days off as much. Uh, there are days I go to work and I end up being at work for a long time, but I don't work my days off. So I genuinely have two days off a week, pretty much every. And that for me was a shitload of time, a lot of fucking time. So I learned how to shoot video. I started to learn how to shoot video, take pictures and stuff. And in the process of wanting to, you know, make good videos, I had to start learning how to write stuff. So I started doing these little one minute man listen videos. Uh, the, and my goal was to do like a three act story in one minute. So I started learning how to you know, write little one minute jokes, get the whole thing up on Instagram, the whole deal. And some of my homies who happen to be comedians were like, yo, you're pretty funny. Like, you should come out, try to do a little bit of stand up. Like, All right, whatever. So I went out to a few shows and checked a couple of them out. And my man, Mike Salvi, actually got me on stage one night. I went on up and I just, I had some stuff I had written down. And I went up there and I got a laugh. 
and the rest was hopefully history. <laughs> got bit, you got bit by the bug, huh? It, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a it's a unique uh, it's a yeah. unique craft. Yeah. Um, having rapped and sang. Stop doing that, man. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I can say that's different about comedy is you cannot do it without without the audience. Uh, When it comes to stand-up comedy, you can't do it without the audience. If you rap and your crowd's not feeling you, you got your music going on behind you, you just feel yourself. You know what I mean? It, it, listen, I don't. I don't need. I can close my eyes and do this. I don't need y'all to feel me to do this. I can't hear y'all no way. Mm-hmm. That's not like that with comedy. Yeah. Like if you don't have, if you don't have an audience to give you back, it's the only. It's the only art form that I've experienced that is a, that is a constant, continuous exchange of energy, like for the whole time. Right. And it, it's it's definitely unique. It's actually it's it's been a lot of fun to practice and honestly I, I i personally think i'm getting pretty good um but it's been a lot of fun even if i'm not it's still a lot of fun i, I want audit- because because you know you 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 seem really confident about the comedy you seem very confident about the rap you seem very confident about being a detective and then i've seen other interviews with you and it comes to singing and all of a sudden you got to you know, oh, I'm, 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 I'm not that good i'm just i love to find a video of him singing and play that right now no i i i don't you know why because i don't uh the singers, the singers I grew up listening to, uh, and have been inspired by the people that I, I most genuinely enjoy, especially when it comes to singing. I would never put myself on their level, mm. so I wouldn't call myself a singer uh, because I, I because I grew up listening to Bill Withers mm. and, and, and Stevie Wonder. And, like I wouldn't embarrass myself by saying that. I have no problem putting myself on any level with any rapper. Any rapper, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I I tell you, and I'll tell you why. The number one reason why is because I don't care how good you are. Uh, I came up in an age of of having to keep it real, and I believe that I am more honest, more real lyrically than any rapper that i know um it, it, almost out of necessity i can't lie i can't make shit up because right. there's affidavits out here with <laughs> right. my name on them right. and I, got, I have a paper trail so i can't be walking around talking about being a gangster or doing some shit that i didn't do i don't have that privilege so at the very least, I feel like whatever I go into, whatever record I'm on with somebody else, any other MC standing in front of me, I know that I have that. I have that much going for me. So I put myself on. The, I put myself on the stand with any with any MC. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the same thing about being vocalist. Yo, that energy exchange you're talking about's been so evident right now. With have you, I don't know if you've seen Stephen Colbert live by himself, where that Tom it's Hanks so, opening monologue on SNL. Yo, you brutal. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like uh, 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 Seth and all of them, all of the late night guys. Even yeah. I think John Oliver is is doing the best. Um, 
uh, with the with last week tonight. But he's only Trevor, got to do Trevor it knows once a week. Going, all right, Trevor. Yeah, he only got to do it. He only got to do it once a week, though. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying. So it's like, but it's it's so hard, you know, trying to watch guys tell jokes and nobody. It's like and right. these guys have been doing this for decades. They've been doing this for decades, and they're sitting there like. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm begging for weird. a laugh track. Give, give us a laugh track at this point, man. Right, yeah, Something. Yeah. I don't think any, I don't think anybody would be would be opposed to that. I don't think anybody right. would object to that. Have you have you had to deal with a heckler at all yet? Um, you know what, man? One of my uh, the last show we did, we did a show uh, February 27th for my for my birthday. My crew, ha ha for hire. We've been we've been doing this show once a month for like a year now. Um, we just kind of like decided that. You know, you go out to open mic. I don't know. I don't know if people notice this much about stand-up comedy, but it's hard to get on stage a lot of times, especially when you first when you first starting out. Um, when you want to do open mics and whatnot, sometimes you go in, you sign a list, you're the first one there, and you don't go on the mic till one thirty in the morning. Right. And that should get old real quick. <laughs> so we decided to just start throwing our own show because, at the very least, if we did a show every month, we know we have a situation that we control where we can get on the mic and do what we want to do. No matter what, you know what I'm saying. So we did a show on the 27th. It was actually the last show we got to do before the shutdown, and it was it was in honor of my birthday. So there was a lot of people in there from my job, my family, and one of my old partners was in there, mm-hmm. and he decided to heckle me, <laughs> not realizing that he had put on 20 pounds since we worked together. I tore that ass up. So to date, that's I've only been heckled once. Right. I feel like I handled it well, mm-hmm. um, and I'm you know hopefully I'm prepared for the next time it goes down. You ain't, you ain't wearing a piece while you're doing your set, are you? I always got a gun on, bro. Oh yeah, who's gonna heckle you, man? Come on. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, you gotta use what you got to get what you want. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I don't carry. I've never carried. I've never like open carried on stage or anything like that. I've never like worn my gun so other people can see it. But I don't have any. Problems. How's everyone doing tonight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not funny. Like mid July. Yeah, you ready to laugh? You ready to laugh? Yeah. So you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if that factors into you know people people deciding not to heckle me or whatever. But I I, I take it. I'm cool with not getting heckled for whatever reason. <laughs> right. Now, do you do your coworkers, your you guys, are they is, is everyone aware of all the things that you do, and do they support them, or do you have some people that like you know, especially dealing with the crew that we rap with, a lot of stuff is off the wall. Yeah. Um. Have you ha- had any back from never that? Back from- I never yeah. had a problem. Most of, most of the people that I work with, I mean, like I said, because I'm I'm very open on my social media. Uh, I'm very open in my content. I don't have, I don't hide anything. I don't try not to, you know, mm-hmm. let people know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I, my coworkers come out to my comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a show at, I did a show at Voltage one time and my, my, my squad came out, watched me perform. Um, that was, and that was, that was rap music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them don't really know too much about underground rap. So they don't really know who, like, they don't know who Army of the Pharaohs is for the most mm-hmm. part. Uh, but when I drop a, when I drop a record, I come into work and it's like, yo, man, that joint was actually pretty good, man. I, mm. I actually get it. I get a ton of support like that. When I drop my album, Beast of Brethren, I mean, I, I was getting hit up from every which angle, text messages, mm. people down at court. And mm. I drop my man, listen videos, or little sketch mm. sketch videos and stuff I do online. And mm. 
I, the, my, my, my coworkers have been very supportive. They've been very supportive. That's what's up. Yeah. Like All I right, said, man, they, they just regular, they just regular folk, man. They just regular folk. I swear to God, man. These cops are just regular people. It's not like they all walk around with their hat on and salute each other at home. They just regular people. And, yo, I listen to the hardest, most gangster rap music in the world on the way to work, yo. You ever see the memes where they're like, yo, this is me on my way to office job. I see I move more keys on the way to work. And my commute only like seven minutes. Right, right. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> but that's most of us, man. That's most of us. And we all need some way to let our hair down. We, I mean, we live real life when we get home just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All right, we want to take it to the blunt. Let's yeah. go. All right. So this is rapid fire questions, L. Oh, yep. shit. Hold yep. on, man. Rapid fire questions, rapid fire answers. Uh, hey, you here. can't go running for cover here. Yeah, right. I ain't got my gun on me neither. <laughs> <laughs> we caught you. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was your uh, childhood uh, actress crush? Actress crush? Lisa Bonet. Okay. Uh, favorite bike that you've ever owned or ridden? Uh, uh, 2003 Yamaha R1. Favorite comic book hero? Wolverine. If you were a wrestler, what would your entrance music be to the ring? Oh, shit. Annie Up. Okay. Out of all... There it is. Mm-hmm. Outside of being a police officer, all your other disciplines, comedy, uh, music, uh, shooting videos, all that, podcasting, you only can do one for, one, one for the rest of your life. Which one is it? Mm, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could be a Star Wars character, which one would it be? Oh, uh, shit about Star Wars. Fucking Luke. He's a man, <laughs> right? <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your karaoke song? Oh damn! Oh, you're never gonna give me the karaoke. <laughs> you're t- never gonna give me the karaoke again, again with the singing. Again, this right, push, like, push yeah, up your know, lighter by the roots. Idiot, I'm a good <laughs> I'll never sing karaoke. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do Black's verse. I'll do uh, I'll do Black Thought's verse from Push Up Your Lighter. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a beautiful summer night in the city. Where you at? In the house. <laughs> <laughs> the city All wild, right. bro. <laughs> Especially on the beautiful nights, the city crazy. It's a beautiful summer day. Do you wear sneakers or flip flops? Oh, sneakers! Right, right. You never know when you got to run. Yeah, I don't, I don't play that shit, bro. Yeah. What? Uh, um, uh, where, where do you where do you get your hoagies? Uh, Regis. Oh, nice. Mm, back good. Uh, on the boardwalk, games or roller coasters? Roller coasters all day. Till I'm sick. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you a robe or a towel guy? Uh, I'm a towel guy. <laughs> uh, Desert Island. What's your uh, What's your album? Mm. Oh, one album. Oh shit. Uh, Brown Sugar, D'Angelo. Mm. Uh, aside from me, who's your uh, favorite Pharaoh? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh man, my favorite power. You don't so, have to go off music either. It can be like as you like them as a person. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, as a, as a person is you. The rest of them are fucking scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> but beside you, I would say uh, uh, scumbags. <laughs> Who'd you say? I, I would say Vizilla. Yeah, besides you. Uh, which TV or movie uh, detective character would you have liked to have played? 
Oh man. Um shit, Mike Lowry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with that with that fucking Ferrari and shit. Fly ass <laughs> Porsches or whatnot. Yeah. Uh uh, what 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 would be? You've had all these jobs. What would be your absolute dream job? Um, uh, motorcycle racing, uh, like MotoGP Grand Prix racing. Uh, as as short as you can make it. Your best advice on a sustaining a successful marriage or relationship? Oh, marry your best friend. Uh, absolute best friend. Uh, friendship will save love's ass every day. It'll do it every time. Yeah. Outside of love advice, what advice would you give 18-year-old Lawrence? Uh, marry your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got to end, end with that one. Yeah, yeah real shit. Sure. Uh, drop your uh, socials or where, the, where can they find you? What oh, you got? man. All right. So I'm on Instagram at the Lawrence Arnell, Facebook at Lawrence Arnell, Twitter at Lawrence Arnell, LawrenceArnell.com. Uh, check out my website. I got tons of videos and stuff up there. Uh, and check out HaHaForHire.com. Keep up with the crew. Uh, come out, check us out, and we can we'll start doing shows again when they open up outside again. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Thank you so much, buddy. We really thanks, appreciate it. Thanks, you. man. Thank you, fellas. This is great, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man. You guys are wonderful. Yeah, stay, stay safe out there, boy. Yep. No doubt. Be yeah. safe. Just the sound of Philadelphia. Yo, yo. Welcome to the home of brotherly love. Brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short.